0: The guy who he would always get on T V and say, you know, I'm not only the president, but I'm also the client, talking about his, his his hair gel that made his hair grow back. When you start with the end in mind, you 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 actually formulate a company that is going to drive very healthy metrics and is going to more more than like the the, the probability of a successful exit is going to be very high. As a small to medium sized business owner, you deserve a better process. You deserve a better process that's what's out there currently. And with all of this new capital and all this new liquidity that's flowing into this space, there's a lot of noise.
1: So, on today's episode, we talk about private equity for e commerce how to structure out your business for potential buyouts in the future and to infuse more capital and more expertise to your business. It's a great episode you don't want to miss if you're a founder, so do stay tuned.
2: Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade.
1: Hello, hello, hello. It's Kunde Campbell, your host of the 2X E commerce podcast show. Now, this interview you're about to listen to is an interview I had with Chris Shipling, and he is the he's a partner at Global Wired Advisor. And in summary, they're an investment bank for buyouts in what they call the, the mid-lower market. So anything from $3 million to about $60 million in revenue. In both sides of the Atlantic, essentially, so he he talked about buyouts in the UK and buyouts in in the US. Um, so any any parts of the any any side of the ocean, essentially, they help e-commerce. They represent largely e-commerce businesses to selling to your exit. You know, so some of us there there are two categories of e-commerce entrepreneurs out there there are some e-commerce entrepreneurs who view what they're doing as their life's work and they don't want to exit they they want to continue doing this for a very long um you know part of or a very significant time in their lives and for others um this is a vehicle you know running an e-commerce vehicle running an e-commerce store is a vehicle towards actually um, doing more of what you love, more of your passion. And, and so most, most entrepreneurs I've spoken with have a three, five, and even 10 year plan towards building something substantial and then selling it. And this is where people like Chris and his, you know, his, his company actually come into play. So you should be having conversations very early on with, um, you know, private equity companies. Now he talked about aggregator private equity companies and, um, boutique private equity companies and the difference he talked about um more or less um the commoditization of um you know of of leverage buyouts or of, of, of buyouts in, in, in essence of buyouts with, with with new money essentially through these aggregators. These aggregators have a lot of funds coming from Silicon Valley and other, you know, places and um they're just it's like a run-off the mill operation. And he gave a the difference between that and a a bigger company actually looking to acquire you now if you know exit is in your mind you know if you have exit an exit plan of sorts um you must listen to this conversation I had with Chris it was so insightful he's coming from a marketing background and he has three other partners who are very financially literate um he actually called them called them financial engineers, because they have um, been involved in, you know, merge, merge, A's, measures and acquisitions at a very um, significant scale and have decided to just bandy up together to do something significant in the e-commerce space, in the D2C space. So it's a very, very interesting conversation. It talks about what, you know, you, he wants to see in a business like high AOV which is average order value, um, really good LTV, lifetime value, um, monthly recurring revenue, annual recurring revenue, churn rates, if you're doing subscription, your cash conversion cycles, you know, all of that. They want to see all of that, your returning customer rate. They want to see all of that or kind of understand um, the Health of your business, and he talked about the multiples, um, expectations from from e-commerce. It's it's a value-packed conversation, value-packed episode. If you're looking to exit, you know your e-commerce brand, or if you're even looking to build an e-commerce brand and thinking, you know what what is the exit plan, or if you're even thinking about buying an e-commerce. You know, um, an e-commerce, um, you know, store. This is a very, very, very interesting, you know, conversation. Now, speaking of which, if you are watching this on on YouTube, remember to, um, you know, like and subscribe to this channel. I'm getting a lot of feedback, which is very, very interesting. a lot of feedback from particularly the YouTube channel. I'm seeing comments. I'm seeing direct messages on on how to improve the format on YouTube. So we're working on improving the format generally and across all episodes on on this you know show to to make it a, a lot more enjoyable, much more enjoyable you know audio experience or a lot more enjoyable visual audio visual experience if you're you know watching it on YouTube. yeah, so, yeah that's it really that's it for 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 this there are no major announcements. I am still thinking still thinking about the um how I'm, how I'm going to format the the newsletter if that's gonna go out um to yourselves keep joining our Facebook group. it is growing um we're set to hit a thousand a thousand members I would say by by the end of q one, which is exciting given the fact that we reject more people than we accept. So, um, yeah, it's a very very picky type you know group. I'm doing um weekly live um live q and a s on 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 the facebook group, so if like you're you're really interested, you want to hear more um join the facebook group just search for two x e commerce on facebook, and you will find it It's always in the show notes of um of every single episode, so you you will find that um I will just you know just say that this is a great conversation about private equity. For e-commerce or D2C e-commerce, enjoy this episode, and I'll catch you on the other side. Peace. What do sophisticated direct-to-consumer brands like ColourPop, Hawkberry, and Custom Ingle have in common? Well, they rely on Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform that powers over twenty-five thousand online businesses. Klaviyo is supported by a dedicated team of experts and it is a platform that processes and consumes more data than any other in the market. Klaviyo helps you own customer experience and grow high value customer relationships. Right from shoppers first impressions to each subsequent purchase, Klaviyo will understand Every single customer interaction and empowers brands to create more personalized marketing moments. When you have a 360 view on customers, the growth possibilities are endless. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to get Clavio's holiday planning guide. Remember, that is clavio.com forward slash 2x. Remember to head over to rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2x e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. Hi, 2Xs. Welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kune Campbell, and this is the podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. So if you work in marketing, um, you're a founder and you pretty much, you know, um, sell online, this show's ethos really or objective is to help you sell more online. So each week I interview an expert, you know, a, um, a founder at a direct-to-consumer e-commerce business or a representative from a best-in-class e-commerce SaaS company to share their golden nuggets to help you grow metrics. Such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, your audience size, and ultimately sales. And that is essentially the remit. And um, it brings me to today's, um, you know, guest. Now, today's guest is a very, very special one um, because. I, you know, I've been getting some one-to-one conversations with yourselves, especially last year, as to finances. You know, how do you manage finance? And I remember, you know, earlier in the year, very first episode of this year was with ClareBank, Bank, which was raising, um, you know, working capital essentially, how to effectively raise work, working capital efficiently. And we, we had um, Andrew De Souza from from Clare Bank. Now, on today's episode, this episode is actually meant to be a follow up from that one, but you know. Things happen, you know, with with the podcast. Um, We want to talk about, you know, preparing your company, your e-commerce company for an exit through private equity, through a buyout, essentially, you know, and it's something you should be thinking about from the get go from now. And um, we really want you to think, plan forward, you know, four, five, even 10 years ahead. What should we do right now? In to to make it to, for readiness essentially for 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 an exit and and that's and uh, everything you know boils down to your numbers um, from a marketing standpoint, your operating um, just your your operational efficiencies and also your finances and and that's why I have you know Chris shuffling who's a managing partner at Global Wired Advisors where he advises and supports organisations of all sizes as they sell their digitally native. E- E-commerce businesses. So Chris and his team have built multiple online and e-commerce platforms and completed hundreds of business sales ranging from 1 million to 40 million plus. Um so with a combined um Experienced about seventy plus years, you know their their team essentially an investment bank, and um, they specialize a lot in direct to consumer e commerce, and and that's why you know i I, I you know I, he's here to just share his absolute I've had I've had a conversation with him his his knowledge in in this space. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Chris to the show. Welcome, Chris. Hey, thank
0: you so much. Appreciate you having me on.
1: Oh fantastic. I probably haven't done you sufficient justice in the introduction. Um could you please introduce yourself and um global wired advices?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And again, thank you so much for having me on today. I appreciate it. So please. yeah, to be succinct, you know, we, we started uh, a few years back. Um, you know, the 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 real driving thesis for our firm was Small to medium sized business owners deserve better when it comes to an exit process. When it comes to exit planning and, and really exit strategy. Um, so yeah, we you know my background has been in, in operating. Um, I was a sales and marketing executive for many many years um, for a small to medium sized uh, consumer product companies, mainly in baby and toy. Um, Mm. Kind of coming from a world that's fairly antiquated and uh, Mm -hmm. needed really good digital strategy. um, Still, I think needs good digital strategy. I think they're finally kind of, (laughs) finally kind of towards, towards that. But um, yeah, I pivoted my career about six years ago to really focus on all things really digital, call it digital marketing and really becoming a student of digital marketing Um, understanding how to have that first handshake with the consumer Um, whether that be through a a marketplace like Amazon. So I sat down and got to got to really know the fabric of seller central um, to, you know, waxing poetic about Facebook ads. Now, Mm. all of this is changing so much. So you have to stay a student uh, almost every month. Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. Um, So, so yeah, I pivoted my career, my, my, and, and, and really I started my own consulting firm to help enterprise level, businesses formulate good digital strategy. My partners came from the bulge bracket investment banks. What that means is, you know, they worked for Deutsche Bank, they worked for Citibank, uh, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, private equity, credit hedge funds, and they had very important roles. They weren't just mm-hmm. grabbing coffee for somebody. You know, mm-hmm. they were working on very complex, large transactions in the billions um, mm-hmm. from day to day. So, you know, combining both of the the strong financial engineering and combining that with strong digital background and really just consumer product background. We felt like we can we can start an investment bank to help small to medium sized business owners. We we can we call it the lower middle market. Really, anyone who's got revenue between you know just shy of five million, call it three to five million, moving all the way up to fifty to seventy five million. That's that's effectively okay. our revenue range. And so um, so yeah, we uh, we we. It's it's been a it's been a fun ride, you know. Ecom has seen a an incredible paradigm shift over really the past twelve months uh, since yep. the pandemic. And, um, you know, all of your listeners, yourself included, are well versed on all of the stats when it comes to e-commerce right now. I mean, you've got really large research firms and consulting firms like McKinsey and Forrester and Bank of America doing, you know, extensive amounts of research now on e-commerce that three years ago, they may touch on it, but it's now become a part of, of what they're talking about. That's a big Fabric. shift, big mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. a little bit about us.
1: No, it's 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 fascinating. It's it's really, really interesting. Um because from the sounds of things, you 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 appear to be besides the investment banking thing, you know, um you you also which is the core obviously, like a digital due diligence where with your knowledge, your 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 in-depth knowledge of of marketing and their in-depth knowledge of um financial well, their financial engineering, you know, background, um you you're able to really horn in yeah. with um, with due diligence, you know, which is which in, in turn, you know, informs all of your, your your acquisition or investment bank operations. So you're one of four um, right. yep. associates or
0: That's right. We have four. We're, we're a partner-led firm, which is much different mm-hmm. than what a lot of folks are used to in the space. A lot of folks are used to a business brokerage, which tends mm-hmm. to have a business model of uh, Chris uh, or whoever, um, you know, could become could become a, a quote, advisor, unquote, um, I could be I could have sold cars three weeks ago. <laughs> and now I've decided to sell businesses. And, and that that's the that's the unfortunate reality of what this world has been used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we felt like we could really fill a very large void um, in this space when it came to bring true financial engineering, true Mm -hmm. financial backgrounds, large bulge bracket investment banking backgrounds, and to your point, coupling it with that that digital know-how and Mm -hmm. understanding your metrics. If I look under the hood of any one of your clients, you Mm -hmm. and I can wax poetic about what's happening and what's going Mm -hmm. on and where the opportunities are. That's really important. Mm -hmm. And I'll say this, you know, another thing about our firm, which is uh, fairly unique, we have a private equity effort. We do have, which I don't think we you and I have had a chance to even talk about, but we have Mm -hmm. a private equity effort. And within that private equity effort, we actually have a um, we started with one and we're building it out. um, But we actually have a brand that we started from scratch. Um, It's actually launching in the next two months. And we started with a, with a former client of ours. We sold his company. He was a, it was a huge executive in the baby product space. I mean, mm-hmm. when I say huge, he was a CEO of a manufacturing company in China. He was mm-hmm. president, and president and vice president for some of the largest baby product companies that exist today. And mm-hmm. started his own direct-to-consumer effort. We sold his business. He's now come back, and he has said, I want to start, and I want to do this again, but I want to do it with you guys and so, from our perspective, you know that's a lot of fun because you know it's like um, that commercial hair club for men. I'm not sure if you have that over in the UK, oh, uh, but it's the guy who he would always get on TV and say, you know, I'm not only the president, but I'm also a client, um, talking about his 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 hair gel that made his hair grow back. And right. so, uh, <laughs> <you> feel <laughs> the same way with his private equity effort. I know I'm, you know, not trying to dumb it down, but it's 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 really. It's really unique and it, it really gives us that kind of extension of on the ground. You know, hey, we feel your pain when you tell us about inventory and inventory management. We actually understand what you're going through because we're we're feeling that same pain, too. We get it. You know, when Amazon mm. says you're only allowed to send in 200 units of a given SKU, we feel that pain. So anyway, mm. just wanted to want to note that as it, well. It's,
1: it's fascinating because, um yeah, that team is, is just a star you know, with yourselves, your team, including you with, with, with all of your, you know, digital marketing expertise, and then him from a, from an operational standpoint, you know, product sourcing, um, yeah, sky's the limit essentially, you know, for, for whatever you guys want to, want to do. Um, and you know, there's, there's, you have access to, to capital, which would, you know, just fuel, the growth of, of the business so would you guys be involved in the day-to-day um running of, of of this concern or um would you just um you know come in on um by, by monthly or monthly meetings um to, to 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 steer the ship a little bit
0: yeah it's we'll have board meetings about once a month um okay. you know probably a little bit more as the business is, is beginning to take off but okay um you know yeah we're 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 really truly you know global wired advisors is that's our that's our 100 effort okay. And then with this, this is really our private equity effort. And, and the client who, who is uh, doing this with us as, as also a partner, um, you know, he's really the one that's going to be managing, call it the portfolio company.
2: OK,
1: um, makes sense. Makes effort, sense. Effort, yeah. So all you guys would be doing would be looking for people like him as you expand your portfolio. And then. Um, you, Potentially, yeah. 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 Makes That's sense. Right. Makes sense. Who would probably be, have been, um, you know, ex-clients of yours, which, you know, makes we, even, we, even more sense. We, had, you
0: know, we have really yeah. good experiences with our clients. They really they really enjoy working with our firm. And, and you mm. know, we, we this isn't the first time. Uh, we've had a client come back and ask, we just, this was the first time we thought this, this was an incredible opportunity. opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we want to keep doing it. It's a little bit different than a traditional private equity, but you know, Hey, it's yeah.
1: As in who would have thought, you know, who'd have thought, um, you know, digital and, you know, financial, you know, engineering will come into it to create, you know, niche, um, you know, um, investment banks and, um, you know, companies like, like yours, you know, okay buyout advisory companies like yours okay now let's talk uh, what's at the back of most most of most listeners you know minds right now i can just imagine is how and when should i plan out my exit you know um you know where probably a few years i don't think that, that that many listeners are like a decade into business most listeners are Five years or less, essentially. Yeah. Um, so, so when should they start planning, and what kind of infrastructure should you know they have in place to get the best multiples? Um, you know, they, they that they can you know essentially ever get um, from from DTC.
0: Yeah. Wow. Great. Great question. So, you know, Stephen Stephen Covey is uh, is a, a well known author that uh, you know. Talks about, uh, gosh, what's the name of his book? Now it's Seven Habits. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. Um, one of those is start with the end in mind. And you know, when when you start with the end in mind, you 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 actually formulate a company that is going to drive very healthy metrics and is going to more more than like the 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 probability of a successful exit is going to be very high. So, what do I mean by that? Let's get specific, right? One. You know, I'm building out a product line or products that have very high gross margin. I'm doing that from day one. Right. Number two, I'm building out either a product or product extensions to where I can have more. I can have a a single consumer purchase and come back to my website and purchase over and over and over again.
1: Yeah.
0: that's that's call it you know just the general just looking at my general marketing metrics my general product metrics and going okay how do i build out a healthy a healthy business so it's 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 and that's just some small examples but starting with the end in mind that that would be the best way to do it now you've got listeners who already are on the journey didn't start necessarily with the end in mind saw a massive covid bump and now they're going hey chris when could i actually go through a marketing process to sell my business. Well, it still goes back to those healthy marketing metrics. And, you know, I think I heard you say this earlier, but knowing not only your financial metrics, but really knowing your your data, like knowing your company data and having a view of where the business is going, um, that's extremely helpful in planning for a successful exit. So if any of your listeners are looking at their metrics and they're going, Yes, I am seeing profitability. That's obviously huge. My gross margin is very healthy. My A What's what's
1: a healthy what's a healthy growth, growth gross margin that really piques your attention as a PE firm?
0: Yeah, direct to consumer, 70% at least 70%, you know. If okay. you're if you're below 70%, man, I'm 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 going that's going to be tough for growth unless you have lots of gross um margin dollars, right? That's a whole other conversation. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. buying something for 500 and selling it for 1000 and you're making $500 each sale, that's a lot different than 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 if you're selling it for 50 and only making 100 and only making 50. So gross dollars, you know, tend to come into play for mm-hmm. that. But for the most part in consumer products, we're talking about widgets that are under 100 or under 200. And so, mm-hmm. you know, having that having that healthy gross margin is really the fuel For all of the other metrics I want to look at. What's my cost to acquire a consumer, right? What's Mm -hmm. my, uh, you know, and again, going back to, you know, what is my, what is my repeat purchase rate? You know, what, what is, what's really, what's really driving, um, you know, what type of product am I selling here to help drive a higher repeat purchase rate, but gross margin, that's always going to be number one. Because when it comes to a due diligence, uh, COGS, your cost of goods is always the most scrutinized metric, anyways, and so mm-hmm. you want to make sure you want to make sure you've got something that is that's yep. driving healthy. So it's health so, health.
1: so gross margins, sales, total sales minus you know cost of goods. It gives you your, your gross margins. So it's really minimizing your COG and maximizing how much you could, you know, sell, how much revenue you're generating to, to, right. to maximize that gross. Okay. That's right. Cool.
0: So so yeah, going back to okay, well, when do when do we have a conversation? I mean, look, if your metrics and, and everybody who's listening, they're they're well aware of healthy metrics and healthy KPIs, right? They're listening to this podcast to get more information. They've been listening to you for a while. Um, they probably have advisement whether it's through a digital marketing um, firm or you know advisors within the company or CMOs who are driving you know the marketing for the business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when your P and l, your profit and loss statements are starting to show substantial EBITDA, yeah, that's when you should start thinking through okay what what does it look like to start talking to an investment bank about, you know, what does it look like to go to market? What does it look like to go through a marketing process to eventually exit or sell my company? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at that point, we would get involved. And then, you know, I'm, I'm speaking all theoretical. If I had a real life example, you and I could really go through. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to we're going to gather all of the documentation that we need from a financial perspective. We're going to take a look inside of their seller central account or inside of their Shopify or Big Commerce or WooCommerce and all their metrics. And we're going to really start to go bit by bit on every function and start to scrutinize the, the, the functionalities of the business. And mm-hmm. we're going to be looking for specific uh, holes or bumps in the road where buyers may, may, we're anticipating what buyers are going to say, right? So in that anticipation, we're scrutinizing all the functions when we're really starting to dive into the, to the business itself. And, and that advisement, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months before going to market, all of that advisement is going to help with eventually with the multiple. You know, when it, when you talk about multiple, though, the good news for anybody listening, we're starting to see true multiple expansion begin when it comes to this, this part of the capital markets. You know, you've got a really, I'd say three years ago, this was a fairly illiquid market. This is now becoming a very liquid market. What do I mean by that? You didn't have nearly as much capital or the term in in, in financial markets, dry powder. You didn't mm. have nearly as much dry powder three years ago as you do today for mm. companies, um, private equity, private investment vehicles like a Thrasio looking specifically for e-commerce driven businesses.
1: So. Yeah. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Have you noticed how easily stores built on Shopify can be spotted from a mile away? This is because they tend to use the same themes, the same layout and box standard product shots. If you're on a quest to build a fast growing standout d 2 e-commerce brand, your website should not just clearly tell your story, but should deliver a truly unique customer experience. That is why Famous exists. Famous is the secret to building premium, world-class brands on Shopify. Famous enables brand selling on Shopify to build compelling landing and product pages that include custom video, animations, and more. All pages built on Famous are optimized for storytelling. Accelerate click to checkout conversions and can be built without coding or developers. You can try it for free at famous.co.2x. That's F-A-M-O-U-S.co.2x. Famous enables e-commerce teams build and launch custom mobile and desktop shopping experiences. Famous has powered leading online retailers like The Honest Company, JustFab, Fabletics, and more. Bring your premium shopping experience to life in minutes. To try Famous for free, visit famous.co.2x. That's Famous.co.2x. Clavio is the e-commerce marketing platform that helps brands build relationships with memorable email and SMS messages. Today, more than 50,000 brands like Living Proof, Hint and Choppies choose Clavio to help them grow. Learn more and get started with the free trial at klaviyo.com 2x. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com 2x. Okay, let's break it down to, you know, um, less financially savvy listeners as to what a buyout looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to give a very basic scenario here. Okay. Um, you have a business turning over $10 million a year. Um, their gross profit is $7 million, as we alluded to. And their, their net profit is about $2.5 million. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and they've been in business for five years. Um, it's been a, you know, it's been a consistent growth over, over maybe 20% growth consistently over. They have a repeat customer rate of standard 30%, which is decent, you know, over a 12-month period. Um, if the founders were to approach you... Um, how would you calculate their valuation based on their beta or their their or and their gross, um, you know, um, their, their gross profit, um, you know, their their repeat customer rate? What how, what yeah. is valuation? What does just the back of a napkin valuation look like?
0: Great question. So here's where it gets nuanced. When when a business owner comes to us like that. We're going to dive in and understand the company from start to finish. So we want to know, you know, what vertical are you in? Well, that's going to be obvious. Let's just assume it's pet, right? Well, let's just say they're in a pet, they own a pet product. Um, they've got all the metrics you just mentioned. Well, there's a couple ways to really go after the modeling for evaluation. Because if, if, if you've got a product that's going to be a really good fit into a corporate strategic acquisition strategy, So another Mm -hmm. larger pet company is Mm -hmm. looking at this going, hey, this is really interesting. But we're going to be able to know know that very quickly through our lens, through our eyes, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're talking to lots of corporate M&A teams. We're talking to lots of corp dev teams uh, and Mm -hmm. corporate finance teams. And so we understand kind of the nuances of what they're looking for. Well, if that's the case, the modeling, the financial modeling looks a little bit different. Because from that perspective, they're going... Hey, I'm actually probably looking more at your contribution margin because I don't necessarily need, you know, half this team that you currently have in place, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, when you hear about corporate strategic uh, buyouts, they tend to be a bit more frothy. They tend to be a bit more juicy when it comes to the valuation because they're modeling and they're looking at it much differently. But if you're talking about a pure private equity buyout, The valuation, napkin math, you know, now what we're starting to see is multiples in the range of a business that's, you know, call it 50. We have actually a transaction right now that's almost identical to what you just said. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we put we put this out into the market. We put it through our marketing process and the multiples that we're getting back from private equity. We have 11 offers on the company. 10 of them are from our true call it funded sponsors. One is from an aggregator, one of the new aggregators that have popped up over the past 12 months, but majority mm-hmm. is from a true funded sponsor, a private equity firm, middle market to also enterprise. We saw multiple ranges um anywhere as low as 5 all the way up to 7 plus. That's where we're Okay. Seeing the
1: it's decent. Ranges. Yeah.
0: It's strong. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's 60%. It's actually yeah, I uh, no, it's moved 50-50. Direct through Amazon, direct through Shopify. It used to be a little mm. bit heavier on Shopify, but through the pandemic, you know, there was just some revenue concentration shift. So mm. on that, you know, you're seeing multiples of five to seven. So that's a real, real-time example. Now that's got a really good opportunity path. We actually put that in front of 113 different strategics, corporate strategics. And unfortunately, in the vertical that this particular transaction is in. The corp dev teams and the and the a teams just are very anemic in this particular vertical, and they're very antiquated. Mm-hmm. They're very much of the mindset of, well, I think I can do that myself, which is just mm-hmm. a terrible mindset, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? So, so, yeah, that's a real-life example. Now, if we would have been able to, we were having some conversations with corporate strategics, um, because putting in front of 113, you're going to have lots of conversations. And so in the conversations we had with corporate strategics, uh, the modeling, and this is where I can speak from a real, a real life example, a very short-term mm-hmm. example, the modeling was looking different there versus private equity who needs to purchase the company and in effect either replace the current team or keep most of the infrastructure in place. There's not a whole lot of adjustments you can do there. But 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 the trade-off sometimes is: hey, we'll end up paying more value or more multiple for the company because we know we've got to keep the current infrastructure in place. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: hopefully that gives you, you know, and again, these are folks that came to us October of 2019 and it's Mm -hmm. just now getting to market. There was a lot of work that needed to be done on the business. And so Mm -hmm. when they first came to us and engaged with us, you know, we dove in and, and we gave some pretty strong consultation around several functions of the business. Mm -hmm. And it took, you know, what then the pandemic hit and the numbers started going up and all of us said, hey let's not rush this thing to market let's let's see what happens through this new wave you know of yeah. strong financial growth and yeah the timing was right so yeah
1: it, it, yeah you know um the first scenario where you know where a corporation is is looking for a strategic you know um acquisition from you know from from like a digital native brand just sounds to me like a place I want to be and it kind of reminds me of what Justin can who's the um He's the founder of um, ex-founder of Twitch. He's the founder of Twitch. Actually, Twitch the sold to Amazon for for a billion dollars. Um, so prior to the Amazon, they 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 were in talks with Google. And he made a statement in that video. who's uh, like, um, you know, um, in Silicon Valley, um, companies are never sold. They're bought. And if strategically, uh, a bigger company seems to. Want to buy, you know, a smaller company, and you meet all of its, you know, target metrics. You, the multiples just they're they're not traditional. They don't go into the they they, always, they will pay a, a lot more.
0: That's right, and and that's where you know, it, with it, man. You bring up a great point too. Just this is this is very much related. It sounds like I'm going down a rabbit trail, but it's very much related. Yeah, yes. You know, all of these new funds that have popped up. They have they that are only going after Amazon businesses or only going after, you know, e-commerce to businesses. Mm. They want to make you believe you're a commodity. They really do, because Mm. they want to they want to try and juice a smaller multiple because, you know, they've Mm. got seats and they've got they've got investment committees that are watching them purchase businesses. And it's so far from the reality of when you go through a real marketing process. And that's why they poach these people, everybody who's listening Mm -hmm. right now. The reason you're getting so many emails from, you know, these aggregators and or private investment vehicles is they don't want you using us because Mm -hmm. if you go through a marketing process through a real investment bank and a real investment banking process, we're going to try and find the right fit. We're not just trying to sell the company, you nailed yeah. it. We're trying to get yeah. you purchased. Great example. We had a UK business. It was an all Amazon business. It was sold this past September. This this business in particular was just it, it was just over a million pounds in in EBITDA. So it was mm-hmm. on the lower side where frankly speaking all the aggregators would have bid on it. All of them, every last one of them. It was just a great business, but they would have given a two and a half, three, three and a half, multiple, lots of earnout, et cetera. Well, we took it and said, there's something intriguing. It's very vertically focused. You know, it doesn't have three different brands sitting in a stellar central. You know, it was in clothing. And we we went and we sought after what could be a good fit for this company. And ultimately, a Fairly decent size, about a hundred and fifty million dollars uh, strategic, that owned a company just like theirs, and was also owned by a uh, by a, um, a private equity firm up north. We went to the private equity firm and said, "You need to pay attention to this." And they did. Well, they're not on the websites. They're not getting email blasts from brokers. They're not doing. They're not in that world. And so, mm-hmm. by us going to them and saying, "You should pay attention to this. You should really." here's why this is such a good fit for you. This is why this is such a great purchase for your for your company as a roll-up. They believed it because A, our presentation proved it. They had good representation, so we could we could actually defend the the thesis of why they should purchase. And that business got close to a six multiple when when you put all Incredible. of Incredible. Yeah, and so you're right. You know, now still. Typical consumer product multiples, by the way, within within middle market, just in the middle market, it's 7 to 13. So we're still trying to play some catch up mm. in this lower middle market. Yep. But at the yep. same time, you bring up such a great point. Mm. Don't believe you're a commodity. <laughs> believe you no. have a value.
1: Exactly. And, if,
0: and if you believe that and you're building a business that, that that's your mindset, that's your lens, when it comes to the exit, the Twitch founder nailed it. Just yep. nailed it. You're not selling yep being bought that's such a yeah. great, gosh i love that
1: yeah. that's good. I'll, I'll, I'll share i'll share the video in the show notes.
0: <laughs> that's yeah, option for me i'm gonna i'm taking that quote i'm running with that <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely absolutely um another point i wanted to 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 to, to raise or, or ask was more around um now i now i i'm i'm i forget um but yeah let 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 i'll 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 get to 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 that point so let let's talk about buyouts um we you you know what kind of buyouts um do, what were the categories of buyouts the the buyouts so chip, chip wilson founder of lululemon um took lululemon initially he had some pe money he was you know, in the driver's seat, you know, of of Lululemon who has taken it, you know, expanding it. And then it was ripe for, for, um, for going public. Yeah. And then when he went public, he had to change the board again and they sort of sidelined him, or he says they sidelined him into the more creative room. So he was no longer really part of the core board. And so when he screwed up um, in public and, he said some some crazy things. They had an excuse to to just eject him, to essentially you know get him to retire, you know, to resign from from the board. And then he just sold his you know his 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 um, stake in it, becoming a billionaire eventually. And he was really bitter about it from all the interviews on his book, you know, I've I've have um, read and, and listened to, he was really, really bitter about it. Um and, and that's probably because he just felt that, you know, Lululemon was like his his life's work and you know he couldn't really disassociate himself. His personality from lululemon and so he you know he, he went into but right now he's trying to find 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 balance now how how to founders you know what buyout options uh, are they for for founders and and how do they for founders who want to protect um th- themselves strategically get the expertise get the get the the the, the liquidity required to really get to that 100 million over 500 billion dollar company, you know, what should, how should they structure deals, you know, one-to-one um, when, you know, they're having conversations with potential buyouts and, um, you know, what buyout options are there? A bit long-winded a yeah. question, but um, I hope you get it.
0: I do. I do. Yeah. I mean, look, if you're, if you're trying, if you have a, yeah, you know, I just spoke to somebody just yesterday who, you know, at at this moment is, is only, you know, three to 5 million in revenue and wants to go public one day in five years. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, what's the path towards going public? What's the path towards driving stronger growth? And how do you, Mm -hmm. you're asking the question, what are the stepping stones along the way? Right?
1: Exactly. And still retaining for those of us who still want to retain, um, you know, um, just ownership, power authority, you know, um, how do you still consolidate you know control as you ascend yep. and you know the company becomes more complex um as a missionary you know how do you still become a, a jeff bezos you know 20 yeah. years on <laughs> and you know he's still calling the shots you know
0: well you stay majority stakeholder i mean that's how jeff bezos stays stays in control i mean he mm-hmm. is majority stakeholder of amazon he owns you know he he owns i believe and maybe maybe i'm wrong but well at one point and maybe he's given it up uh, a majority stakeholder, and again, I'm kind of speaking. I'm speaking out of thin air, so I don't want to speak completely out of context. But mm-hmm. let's go back to the founders. The founders maintaining that 51% control of the company, um, and making sure that you know y- you can never be um, outvoted when it comes to ownership of the company and decisions being made for the business. Um, well, that's key to stay in the driver's seat, and typically. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to you want to try and stay that way for as long as possible. But the other side of the coin is if you're a really good leader, if you're really a good if you're a really good CEO, you're really good at running the company and you've got a strong skill set. Well, even if you are still giving up those minority stakes and eventually yourself become called a minority stakeholder because it made sense to give up you know, 80% of my, of the equity in order to get a cash injection to grow the business to a billion or 2 billion or 3 billion or a valuation of 10 billion one day, because it goes IPO or et cetera. Um, you know, those, those particular steps, need to just be taken with very, very, very strong advisement on what really makes sense and having a team to help model out all the risk, right? What can happen in each one of those different scenarios and each stepping stone that I'm taking moving forward? You know, surrounding yourself with, you know, when it comes to call it just picking your board, let's start with stepping stone number one, right? Your advisory board. You should always fill it with people who are just not like you at all. Right, They all come from various different skill sets and they they come from various different worlds that put, that will always drive value to your company and drive mm-hmm. value to your business. But as you give up those as you as you do give up equity um, as you're going along the way, I mean, there's really two ways to grow. You either take equity funding or debt funding. You know, mm-hmm. debt funding comes with covenants and it comes with very strict guidelines on 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 term sheets and and et cetera. So, you know, there's lots of risk there, but you're not giving up equity. You still effectively have control as long as you're making the payments. And if you don't mm-hmm. covenant say, well, I, you know, whoever lended you the debt can come in and do a hostile takeover. Mm-hmm. So there's risk there when you're giving up equity, you just know going into it. I know what I'm, I'm, I'm eyes wide open, not eyes wide shut. I know what I'm getting into here. I'm giving up some level of control of the company, you know, and in, in the case of, of chip, then Lululemon, again, I don't know any of the details. I have not read anything in 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 detail about it. The little I do know, there's probably a whole lot more behind the curtain than what he's saying. Because, you know, I think you said this earlier, right? There's always <laughs> effectively alluding, you, you, you alluded to, there's always two sides of the story, right? But mm-hmm, so this mm-hmm. is his side of the story. But the other side might be he was a complete nightmare as a ceo and never mm. probably should have been in a leadership position that could mm. be the other side of the story and if that's the case you know I, I i worked when i worked for uh evenflow um which was a which was a private equity owned business uh, it was it was owned by western presidio at the time and they put a turnaround ceo in and uh he told me a story about a very well known ice cream company that if i said the name everybody would know who it was um but uh, but he was telling us the story about how effectively he was hired to come in and, and do a hostile takeover because the ownership of the company just effectively gave up the op like the operations like they just mm. it was a terribly run business an incredible brand, but terribly run business. And so he, in effect, had to do a hostile takeover of the company, um, you know, along with the other board members in order to to, to hit some very large goals of the business. So, you know, the, the ownership never really should have been in a leadership position. They were very creative mm. and they should have stayed creative. So.
1: Mm, mm. It makes sense. It makes sense. Cause he, he talks a lot about like the metrics people on the board and he was more of a creative person. So yeah, there was a divergence, divergence in, in, in strategy or, you know, opinion and direction essentially. And, you yeah. know, majority wins, you know, um, a lot That's of the right. time. Okay. So let you, you prior to, to our call, you, you, you talked about minority buyouts management buyouts and buy side, um, you know, buyouts. Could you just break down, you know, those, um those sort of, those sort of buyouts um to, to, yeah. To list for listeners to you know sort of get their, their head around,
0: yeah. Management buyouts, and I'll be succinct on all of these because I think mm-hmm. I, can, I can breeze through them fairly quickly. So, yeah. management buyouts is simply um, you and I are in a business together, you own 50, I own 50, or maybe it's a 60 40 or 70 30 split. You know, we have an am- amicable conversation and you know, you decide, Hey man, I'm kind of done. I'm burnt out. I need to move on. I still have passion for the business, but it's all amicable. And so what, at that point you need to hire, you know, a, a professional team to help, you know, create true valuation, create deal terms. It's all intrinsic, but it'll create deal terms that make sense and really just kind of come to a good place almost from an, um, you know, from a mediation perspective. Mm-hmm. On, you know what makes sense uh to for me to buy you out, so you just want really good advisement um and someone effectively kind of in the middle to run to run that so that's that's more or less a management buyout that's then they those can get they get it's typically founder it's first generation you know mm-hmm. that's that's usually that's usually where most management buyouts happen obviously yeah. buy side engagements um buy side engagements are um uh, and I think you were asking me about buy-side engagements. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Yeah. Yes, so buy-side. Buy-side engagements is, is different. It's just a whole different type of investment banking product where, you know, typically a private equity firm will engage – um with like i was telling you earlier you know we we actually had two phone calls in the past month of private equity firms one said hey i want to build out a holdings company within a specific vertical a direct-to-consumer holdings company i want your help identifying really good acquisition targets Mm -hmm. another one a very fairly large private equity firm if i said their name you probably would know who they were and they came to us and said hey we've got we've got a portfolio company in furniture." We're looking for e-commerce specific and heavily concentrated acquisitions um, as a roll up strategy. And so, you know, for us, we're then hired as the investment bank to go out and and target potential acquisitions. So that's a buy side engagement. A minority buyout is when someone comes in and buys less than, you know, 50% of the company. That's a minority buyout. And you do that for several reasons. And a lot of it is what we just talked about in the, be- in the beginning of this particular conversation, which is... Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm looking for growth capital. I'm looking for a really good partner. I mean, a private equity firm that's focused on, let's say you have a supplements business and this private equity firm, that's all they have is, is portfolio companies within the supplements uh, industry. Well, they're going to be very well resourced to then come into your business and just drive lots of lots of synergistic synergies and synergistic. That's a very big investment banking term mm-hmm. but to drive synergies, you know, that's right. Oh. It's
1: coming together
0: <laughs> <laughs> to drive the synergies and 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 really help fuel that growth. You know that's that that's where a minority buyout makes the most sense.
1: It mm-hmm. makes makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense, Chris. Um, just to wrap up, you know, being being very respectful of your time. Um, is, is there is there uh, do you have any sort of you know closing advice to 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 listeners as to Um, you know, PE, e-commerce, anything we haven't sort of, you know, um, you know, touched upon?
0: Yes, I do. I would say Mm -hmm. it's kind of our overall driving thesis for for Global Wired Advisors um, that continues to get proven out, I'd say, day after day. As a small to medium-sized business owner, you deserve a better process. You deserve a better process that's what's out there currently. And with all of this new capital and all this new liquidity that's flowing into this space, there's a lot of noise now. You need someone who can be, we like to call ourselves the Jungle Scouts and the Sherpas, right? Mm -hmm. Helping you kind of navigate through all of this new noise because the thing you're most focused on, you need to stay focused on, which is your business, your asset. You don't need to distract yourself by trying to go direct to any of these private equity firms or any of these new private investment vehicles. You know, let us let us help guide you through all of this noise and mm-hmm. and put you through a much better, stronger, optimized marketing process when it comes to your exit.
1: Well, so it is very, very, very well said, Chris. Um, before I let you go, um, do you have any resources, books you'd um, yeah. you know recommend you know founders you know get their their head around to to reading? I'm
0: reading a book right now. I'm actually part of a mastermind with um, with guys who are all uh, substantiating revenue anywhere between I think like I think the lowest was like one or two million, and the highest was like seventy million, something like that. Mm-hmm. All, all types of businesses, coaching businesses, consulting, e-commerce, etc. And mm-hmm. as a group, we're going through a book, and I'm pretty much almost finished with it, and it's become one of the most remarkable member. It's a book I'll read every year. It's called How to Measure mm-hmm. Your Life by Clay Christensen. Okay. Uh, absolutely phenomenal book. This guy was a Harvard Business, um, Harvard business School professor that you know did a, just a ton of consulting work as well with lots of mm-hmm. different companies. And so he really talks about kind of how to measure your life as an on- entrepreneur, really, which is, you know, measuring your life from a business and also from a home perspective. I'm a dad, and I'm a Mm -hmm. husband, you know, a father. And so I'm also an entrepreneur, right? Myself. Mm -hmm. And I've got to find that right balance of understanding how to continue to drive my business forward and make it successful. But then also, how do I measure my success at home as well? Mm-hmm. phenomenal it's been it's just been such a great book so
1: balance is so important you know going back to the synergy thing you know it just has to be in sync you know stops in one way shape, shape or form or one would break one side would break um just off the back of just out of curiosity what's the name of the mastermind you're, you're part of we can link to oh, it in the chat.
0: gosh it's called um well it's with a guy named dale majors it's called vent he's he owns a coaching company called venture way Okay. Um, I, I don't know if the actual mastermind has a name. It was just, okay.
1: okay. I, I, uh, I we'll, we'll link to it. We'll link to it. Yeah. Okay. Cause okay. everybody's so curious. I'll start getting emails and, you know, yeah. messages saying, what's the name of the mastermind, you know, Chris yeah. was talking about. So I just thought to, to bring it, we'll uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. For sure. Yeah,
0: definitely. I'm about to join another that's a bit more focused on, it's all entrepreneurs, um, mm-hmm. but a bit more focused on kind of just, uh, Making sure you take care of yourself and your family, you know, kind of, mm. again, that's, I, I've never, you know, I'd be, I, I jumped ship from the W2 world about six years ago. And when I did that, I never truly understood that, that balance of growing that business. I always read about mm. it, but growing the business and growing your own business and how much effort you put into it versus, Hey, you're still a husband. You're still a father. You know, mm. my kids are 11 and eight. I mean, they're, they're in their growth years. I didn't, I don't yeah. want to, up one day and go, Who are these people? yeah That's the last thing I want to do, so
1: yeah I agree one hundred percent one hundred percent chris um it's it's been an absolute pleasure you know having you um for those that you know just listening up to now anyone who's who's listening up till now um will be curious to finding out more about you to hanging out where you hang out online you know yeah. um so where where are you most active on?
0: Yeah. I mean, for us, you know, we're, we're fairly limited with our social. We do, we have a LinkedIn. So, I mean, obviously you can follow us there. We Mm -hmm. put out some good, what what we call, you know, they're, they're more than just blog posts. We call them insights. And so, you Mm -hmm. know, about once a week, once every other week, we're fairly consistent with that. Um, so on LinkedIn, Global Wired Advisors. It's easy to find us. Our website, you know, we continue to renovate the website. Um, mm. and, you know, put out more content through our website. Your this particular podcast will go on mm. our website. We'll live there. Okay. Um, cool. So you know, just go to Google and type in Global Wired Advisors. <laughs> okay. And, and you'll find us. Um, we'll link
1: you... up. We'll link. We'll link to to, to Global Wired Advisors okay. and and in the show notes also. It's been an absolute pleasure having you, Chris. Um, yeah. yeah. Thank you for for coming on.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, E-commerce Growth Accelerator Mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.